Hello listeners and welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day, immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program that has a singular vision, to promote the health and well-being of veterans and their families. We are currently running programs both domestically on the Gold Coast at St. George's Defence Holiday Suites, as well as internationally in Timor-Leste. We use the Timor Awakening programs as an opportunity to sit down with our participants, either one-on-one or in a group setting, and conduct podcast interviews to capture their stories and their lessons learned, providing insights we can all learn from as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journeys and help others do the same. We'll be covering a whole range of topics including defence transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, peer mentoring, PTSD and post-traumatic growth. So whether you're out and about, listening to this at home or driving in your car, we do trust that you'll get a lot out of listening to our participants. Thank you and enjoy. Listeners, welcome back. We are still in the process of doing the TA22 podcast interviews and sitting down with me now, I have Luke Hilton. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fantastically. I uh, started my day with a dip in the oceans. I was saying to you uh, off air a moment ago, it was an absolutely beautiful way to start the day. Excellent. I feel like I woke up in the ocean. <laughs> um, there was a lot of, I even rescued a guy's surfboard. So that's my charitable um, gesture for the day. Excellent. Start the day with a good deed. <laughs> that's exactly right. Mate, what we might do is just uh, touch on your military background quickly, if that's okay. And yep. then we'll kind of take it from there. No worries. Um, I joined the army straight out of. Uh, high school. Um, my footy coach was the OC recruiting in Brisbane at the time. And cool. so of course he was. <laughs> half our uh, football team was uh, at Kapuka at the same time, different platoons, but... Recruited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was uh, colourblind, so there was only a certain number of cores I could go into. Okay. And initially I wanted to go into infantry, but as I was colourblind, I couldn't. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so I uh, became a medic um, out of Kapuka, medic training. Uh so that was about five months' worth of training. Then mm. off to uh, Townsville, posted to the, the medical centre up there where I worked for a couple of years in the medical centre, uh, which was really enjoyable work, actually, sort mm. of. Um, and in hindsight, I was probably a better nurse than I was uh, a medic, okay. um, working in a nursing role. Uh, and then went off to 3 Basby at the time. Uh, Timor kicked up and so had a couple of back-to-back deployments to East Timor. Yep. Uh, and after the second one... Uh, discharged, so it's in, like interfere to interfere untie it. Yes, era? Yep. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And then discharged after after that. So okay. that was it was a uh, it was a brief okay. career type thing. It was about five years, yeah. in, But it was it was jam packed full of yeah. You did you crammed things. a lot in yeah. In that's a short the, period. That's the early days of of Timor in terms of the contemporary period. Anyway, um, so you've been out for quite a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So talk us through. Um, what was transition like back in those days? Because that's, that's going back a few years. Obviously, you know, veteran mental health and veteran infrastructure and ESO communities have sprung forth, you know, usually, which is, a, of course, a good thing. Uh, I imagine there was a lot less back then. Yeah, so I, I guess um, the big reason for me leaving defence was I had a relationship breakdown and I kind of, in and I've reflected this over the years, I ran away. So mm. I sort of getting away from defence got me away from the relationship got me away from the ex-partner. Um, so I did sort of cut fairly sharp ties and okay. um, and stayed in touch with um, just a few um, people I served with. Yep. 
uh, after that and I sighed, I guess um, there was no, nothing or nothing that I was aware of anyway to um, get in touch with or, or find anything, any help or anything like that. Uh, and to be fair, I probably would have rejected it at the time anyway. Um, still very, quite young at the time. So um, I don't think I would have seen that I needed any help, even though, again, in hindsight, mm. I was, I was pretty did. lost there for quite a while. Yeah. So um, all the money I'd made um, in Timor and throughout that tr- that career within defence, um, which I'd been quite sensible with during my defence time, bought a house and did all that, and I just burnt that. It was... Um, so a year and a half of just not working and just spending every cent I had type thing to yep. to get rid of it, to forget sort of, I guess. And that was more sort of um, through that relationship breakdown, needed to get that out of my system type thing. So. Yep, yep. It's unfortunately, not an uncommon story where uh, veterans sort of, you know, because it's a great opportunity financially and in a lot of ways to sort of get ahead and make a start and then uh, guys, you know, I mean, it sounds like you made some good choices as well, but... Um, kind of uh, squander the opportunity to some extent. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I was 21, 22 and was halfway through sort of a home loan to owning the first house and the plan was just to keep buying houses and, mm-hmm. you know, now I'd be living down the coast yeah. in, you know, situation like we are at the moment. Retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the narrative of running I don't think is an uncommon one in general as well. Like people often join defence uh, running away from a whole range of potential things. Yeah, it could be a an evil stepfather, it could be a dysfunctional family, um, yeah, relationships, breakdowns, to get out of a dodgy town. Yep, and, oh, I, and I, I tick a few of those boxes. Okay. So, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, mar- marriage breakdowns, I grew up, uh, mum and dad had split um, when I was about 15 and even up until um, joining the army, I wasn't going to join the army, I'd done all the recruiting and t- things like that. I'd finished my high school in Brisbane um, but my dad had moved to Townsville in the last sort of semester of high school and left me in my house in the, in our house by myself, which I wouldn't advise to do to a seventeen year old boy leaving by himself in the last semester of high school. Absolutely. Um, so I moved to Townsville, and I then, when my recruiting day came up, um, my enlistment date, sorry, came up, I then I joined the army to get out of Townsville. Mm. Which, funnily enough, the army sent me straight back to Townsville. <laughs> yeah, say, so. Not necessarily <laughs> a, a proven strategy to get away from Townsville to join the army. No, no. no. So and well, maybe get to Darwin, but yeah. Yeah. And I hated Townsville when I left to join the army, and then now I I love Townsville. Yeah. So mm. um, interesting, yeah. interesting. And so that's quite a few um, few moons ago. What has your life involved since then? Yeah. So like I said, once I got out, I, I bummed around for mm. sort of a year and a half or so. Uh, at the end of that time, um, I met my now wife, um, Suze, and uh, work. I worked. Um, well, I went off to uni to study secondary school education. Mm. Um, which I did a couple of years of that degree and then stopped that as well. Um, I got into selling fitness equipment, okay. uh, which um, through that took us back to Townsville, actually moved back from Brisbane from Brisbane back to Townsville and worked up there for about four years managing a store there. Um, through that time I started training, I got right into fitness. Uh, we moved back to Brisbane um, after having our first child. So we moved back to Brisbane um, and like I said, I got right into fitness in Townsville, um, working with a really um, under a really good guy up there, um, and the environment that he'd created was was spectacular. So I tried to find another training group in Brisbane that um, 
replicated that and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I decided to go off and do my own um, study to become a, a PT, mm. uh, which I, I did um, to create that environment. Uh, and I realised I, I created it for other people and not myself. So right. I was still on the outside of that um, that environment. But it was really cool to create that for other people. And mm. um, yeah, so I had my own business for about eight years, okay. uh, personal training business. Uh, and met some fantastic people through that. And like I said, the environment that we were able to build through that gave, you know, strange, complete strangers now still go on holidays together and their families have all interconnected. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty special little thing that got grown out of that. Yep. Um, it also gave me a lot of time with my, my family, um, working split shifts early in the morning and into the evening. But through the day I had time with, with my kids yep. um, when they were young. Uh, which was really cool to build that bond between them, and um, it's been been a lot of fun getting to know them at a, at a young age. Uh, they went off to school, so then I had to get um, try and find some full time employment. Um, so I kept the personal training business early morning and in the evening, but then went to work as a janitor at a school, a um, groundsman at the school, which was a really weird type of place to land, and not anywhere I ever saw myself yeah. going at all. Like. Um, I'm not the handiest person in the world to start with. Yeah. Um, but that role evolved as well into um, – I did a heap of training with um, sort of some high-needs kids there with ADHD and the things. We did boxing training and agility training and and even some old um, army sort of um, drill Boot camp movements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was more, if you remember, you know, so kids that struggled with – um, processing things, we did things, you know, left turn, right turn, but then turn to the left and the right, and okay, yeah, um, yep. the return, and so uh, it was really, yeah, it was quite um, an interesting role. So did, you, did you the couple of years of education degree that you did do help with that? Or? Not, not really, mm. no. Like it was more life lessons helped with that. Um, sure. Yep. So, uh, and even with that, I actually got to. Um, I was the MC for the Christmas functions and stuff. No, which is pretty amusing as the yep. grounds, but I don't think that would have happened very often around the around the place. <laughs> uh, and then since then, and it sort of was all still sort of jumping around doing different things, um, and it was never going to be something I was going to do forever. And the personal training side of things had to finish because I was getting so so tired mm. um, with early mornings, late finishes, and then working full time during the day. So. Um, through that time I'd actually found a, a training group that I was with that I'd met a really good bunch of um, people that I sort of formed a f- special bond with and one of those um, guys works as a defence contractor and then um, we teach, uh, well he teaches lessons and teaches army um, and all of defence, um, one of the communication systems Yep. and so um, he sort of recruited me into that and uh, I've been doing that for the last five years so travelling okay. around. Um, teaching army and rest of defence, and also supporting um, one of the communication systems in the field. Oh, okay, yep, yeah. um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been interesting tapping back in defence and mm. um, working alongside them. So. Yeah, yeah. Is it well, like um, is it a radio communication level? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. Nice, interesting. It sounds like you've had a pretty diverse range of things in that time. Keep yourself pretty occupied. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's been. All, all over the place type thing. So and so, how long have you been involved with veteran communities and ESOs of that time? Because that's like what better part of twenty years. Yeah. yeah. So um, with ESOs, really only in the last year, so half a year coming in with um, okay. veterans care. So um, the people I've stayed in touch with, um, well, one of them is Mick Lay, who's been involved in this um, program for quite some time. Yep. Uh, and he sort of put me on the path to to come and you know. Mm. 
grow and grow that personal mental health type thing. So had you kind of become a bit dislocated from veteran circles and sort of DVA and Anzac Day and all that sort of stuff, or were you still somewhat tapped into it a bit? No, I still tapped into it, but not so um, DVA. I sort of didn't go down Mm. that path uh, until just recently. Um, And then uh, Anzac Day have always um, sort of sat on Anzac Day and and had a – I get together with friends and I've, since the kids came along, I've, I've marched at most Anzac days, um, just in our local community. Yep. And, um, and then meeting um, the guy that I now work with, uh, we always do something for Anzac Day together, mm. type thing. So, yep. that, and it always evolves into a pretty big barbecue and stuff like that in the afternoon. So, yep. yeah. It's a bit, the big days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, get, they get away from us from time to time. And you're still in touch with many people from back in the Interfet Untaped? Sort of medic days? No, so just just uh, sort of there was a pretty tight group, um, mm. so um, of of some ex medics. So, mm. um, but yeah, there's about three of us that are or well, three people I sort of stay in touch with through Facebook. There's people that that pop up and you know, but we're not. I wouldn't. We're not. You know, don't stay in touch with those people. Just sort of see what they're doing and yep, and like the pages that they put up and stuff like that. Every now and again, yeah. 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 yeah, but there's a, there's there's a couple of people that I'm really really quite tight with. So cool, that's good to know. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess in that time, did, did you sort of have any uh, delayed, you know, challenges that sort of popped up many years after the fact from your from your service? Yeah. Um, so and all through this, the the time since discharging, I've mm. sort of, um, I guess that like I said, that first year and a half, I sort of medicated with alcohol for that year and a half. Uh, but didn't really reflect back too much during that time. But since then, I've just sort of drifted into to bouts of, of of depression and things like that, and okay. come back out of those. Um, and you know, in the last probably I don't know five years or so, I've just gotten a lot better at um, managing my 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 wellness, I suppose, my personal health, and mm. and being able to see when things are going to drop down. Um, and I'm going to have sort of you know. Drops into a low, yeah. Um, but I can see why that's happening and how that's happening, and, and some of the, um, what would you call it, some of the indicators that it's that it's that's where I'm heading. Sort yeah. Of thing, so, and what have been some of the, I guess, strategies or um, methodologies you've you've brought to bear or that you've learnt over the years to 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 manage that? So, um, the first thing that seems to happen to me is I I stop exercising, mm. so I lose some physical activity. Uh, and then, you know, I can rationalise that to myself that it's okay, you know, you've got a sore knee, you've got a sore back, so mm. just look after yourself, you'll be right. You know, if you eat this rubbish food, you'll feel better as well. It'll give you the same um, pick-up that the exercise does. Mm. So mm. so you start to eat food, you're injured, you get um, put on weight, um, and then I start feeling low and rubbish about myself. So um, I've learnt to, to pick pick up on that earlier now so um that when it's heading that way i, I can actually realize it's happening and i can put things in place to make sure i start moving again yep um in the last couple of years i've been quite uh open with with friendship with with close friends yep um about struggles that i've got and have uh and so and i've told them a few sort of indicators of of if that's where i'm heading to jump in and sort of ragdoll me out of it a little bit as well so um so that that connection with other people um and more connection with myself 
mm. um, seems to be really helping. Sometimes we're the, we're often the last people to notice, aren't we? You yeah, know, that's that old saying: if, if you're inside the jar, you can't read the label. I think that's a that's a fitting metaphor for you know. Sometimes you, people will just be like, you know, "What is what's going on with you? You know, yeah. you you know, you're a buzzkill or you're uh, seemingly down." You're like, "Really? I thought it was completely normal." You know, you might have known internally you weren't feeling great, but you thought that the what you're projecting was a convincing show of uh, okayness. But yeah. Thomas is like, "No, you're not." Yeah, well, I think I've been able to to sort of fake it quite well, mm, I, mm. and like a, when so when I came out to tell friends about issues and things that, that I had, they were they were quite surprised by it. But I was able to fake it out in front of everybody. Um, but then when I got home and just sort of cracked the the door and walked inside, then I'd sort of fall apart. So and I guess it was I could be my true self around the people that I loved and trusted and who um, love and trust me, and I could act. act like a bit of a dick around them mm. and it would be forgiven and be all right. Whereas if I was doing that outside, then yeah. um, funny, it's, it's a, like when I think about it, it's such a silly way, you know, like I might upset people that don't mean as much to me um, and they might not be interested in being friends with me anymore. And that's a concern. Whereas I'm happy to be the dick around the people that love me and are there to care for me and things like that. Mm. Um, it sort of seems like priorities are a little bit wrong <laughs> yeah. type of thing. So, um, yeah, so that self-awareness is starting to get better. Excellent. I think uh, I was having an interview with a, uh, a then current, actually no, still current serving member and um, he was saying, he's like, I'm, I'm like the world's greatest actor. You know, like I could win, win, win uh, Oscars for how well I can act yep. being okay when I'm not, you know, like in a command position or, you know, you gotta, you got to bung it on and, and, and fulfil that role, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, but you can, we can fake it really well. Very much uh, so. I think in the military especially because you've got to wear that mask. All the time. Yeah. I think the personal training side of things was like that as well. You know, you're having a bad day, you drive up to a client's house, you hop out of the car and all of a sudden you're the boppiest, happiest person in the world yeah. Yeah. to yeah. motivate and keep them happy. And then you hop back in your car and you're virtually crying on the way home because you just don't want to be doing what you're doing. Cause you, you just had to expend every ounce of what you had left for that person yeah and uh, again so then you're exhausted for the people that, you, that, that are more to that's you. exactly <laughs> right it should be the other way around <laughs> absolutely absolutely should be what um you know obviously i'm not here monday through friday of this program but I, I follow what's going on with um you know the whatsapp group and, and the program and so forth what's been your biggest takeaway from this program specifically yeah so we we, we had this chat yesterday in in the circle yep. time and um i was lucky enough to go to Timor last year on TA21. Yep. Um, so uh, it sort of followed on from that and it was it was along the lines of not judging a book by its cover. Mm. Uh, so we were in Balibo, um in August last year and uh, it was such a good place to go. That's where I'd spent all my time on my two trips to Timor in mm. Balibo. Um, so it was great to sort of go home. In a way, um, I'd spent more time living in Balibo than I've spent in some rental properties. I've been <laughs> in. So uh, it was it was very familiar. Uh, but there was an old lady in the village who was crazy. She was, you know, you know, obviously going through some things, and she was very annoying. She was um, persistent, and and um, and you really just wanted to tell her to, to nick off. Um, you know, to the point where she's running through soccer games trying to get money and different things, and. Um, and we're sitting around that night, and it had it had come up, you know, that she was that she'd been annoying and stuff. And then uh, one of the one of the people on it 
um, just sat there and said, you know, maybe we need to step back and look at this in a different light. She's an old elder of the village who, who's, you know, looked like she might have dementia and things like that. And the village are just happy to keep her because she's done so much for them in the past. Mm, mm. And um, so they just look after her. They don't have the choice to chuck her in a nursing home or anything like that. So they just let her be her and let her do her thing and it doesn't offend or, or bother anybody because mm. of, of the service that she's given. And that really resonated because she'd annoyed me like that day and it was like, you know, why can't we do something about that, get rid of her or whatever. Um, and it was just a, a sort of a slap in the face type thing um, that everyone's got a past, everyone's got a story mm. um, and each one of those is important. And it's continued on this week with, with talking to different people here. Um, John White that was here with his story was was unbelievable and he's an 82-year-old man that you could easily walk past and not – Hundred percent, not worry about it. Yep. Um, we had uh, Brad with his ice baths and his story, and he's you know he's uh, early twenties, and he's got an unbelievable story that we can learn so much from. And then and everyone that we had here, you know, have their own story, and each story matters. Uh, so not to disregard people and not to 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 push that or push that away, and um, be more I guess invested in other people's stories as well. Be more curious than judgmental. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I can tend to be a little bit judgmental at times and so it's I've been better with that, a lot better mm. with that, mm. but it was also, you know, really cool to get a, another another dose of mm. what's important um, this week. The um, and, and the other thing, again, going back to Timor and this trip as well, is just that the forgiveness side of things. Um, getting back from Timor, I wrote a few, few things down and I'm not a – much of a writer, I don't mm. reflect very well um, in journals and diaries and things like that. But it was about um, forgiveness and what we learn in team or with the forgiveness that that they've embraced and and moved on with. Um, I sort of reflected on things that I've done myself and holding on to those grudges of people don't even know that I hold a grudge against them. So it's me carrying a weight and a burden that is completely pointless. And yeah, why not just be able to let it go and just move on and be happier. Yeah. Uh, some profound insights there. <laughs> and I was going to uh, sort of touch on, even if, even if just briefly, what it was like. Um, and you've mentioned some things already, but going back to Timor after all those years, was that the first time you'd been back since Untaken? Yeah. So what, 2002 to... 2000 2001, 2002, yep. And then... No, to 2001. Sorry, yeah. So I, I two left decades. there April 2001. And you went back October 2022? Like that. August, August twenty twenty two. So yeah. two decades, really. Yeah. yeah. What was it, what was your first impressions when you first landed in Dili? It was it was it was really cool. I was really lucky. My wife got to come along with us on the trip, um, which is was spectacular. Um, so arriving in at the airport um, was quite surreal. Being there, you know, we'd been there, living in there in ninety nine on the on the airfield itself. Mm. Um, so it was. It was just a, a kick in the guts straight away, but not a bad one. It was quite, a, I don't know, it was quite a good sort of kick in the guts. And um, and then I think the thing that really took me is that it is so different. It's changed so much, but it's still exactly the same. That's a, that's a really, really, really um, uh, poignant description, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people, and I would say myself included, have drawn the same conclusion. Very different. But in some ways, it hasn't changed one bit. Absolutely, <laughs> depending on where you go, of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. just I don't know. Just driving through um, 
that it was there. It it did it, it did feel a little bit like home, mm. which is such a strange. Mm. You know, I think I spent what so sort of ten and a half months there. Yep. Um, in total, and for it to feel like the same place was, um, and feel comfortable, that was was quite interesting. So, um, in saying that, once you start walking around at night time and you don't have anything any weapons with you and stuff like that, that was a bit right, sort yeah. of weird as well. Um, in Dilly itself, but then up once we got up into to Balibo, um, and then off to Samo after that, it was it was unbelievable. So. Out into the districts. Yeah. It's a great place to be. Um, yeah, I mean, Balibo is such a phenomenal... Did you watch the, the sunsets? Yeah. Over oh, the Banda Sea? Oh, yeah. They're just breathtaking, aren't they? It's unbelievable. Like, it was just... <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, you would have seen it back in the day as well, but... Um, yeah, probably, but as a, as a kid, essentially, like, you just didn't... Didn't appreciate it. No. Yeah. And... Um, to be able to sit in Balibo in, a, in an infinity pool at the Balibo Fort and <laughs> watch out to see a sunset. Clean skin with a coffee in your hand as opposed to webbing a rifle and some bad breast sergeant about to yell at you to get back to your post. Yeah. Different experience. Very, very different. <laughs> Just didn't – it was crazy. Yeah. It, was, um, yeah. it was so so different but yet so much the same. Fantastic, mate. Well, look, uh, I hope you get the chance to get back over there and, um, you know, there's a couple of people who have started to trickle over sort of independently and just gone on a bit of a holiday. Uh, yeah. A bit of a tour in there. I personally would love to do that because I've actually I figured out the other day I've never been to Timor as a tourist ever. No, I went there in two thousand nine as a deployment, two thousand twelve as a language study tour, and I think seven TA programs, all of which for different reasons are kind of under the pump. So yeah. I, I'd really love to. Uh, and anyone listening to this would highly encourage because they're trying to boost their tourism as well. Um, yeah, you know it's an hour off Darwin. It's, yeah, it's right there. You can get to Bali, you can get to there. Um, now, a bit more expensive because it's American dollar, sure. And But it's a little bit more create your own adventure. It's a little bit less predictable as opposed to a kind of generic, you know, um, Bali holiday or a Bangkok type, type deal. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to take my um, kids to sort of third world country to, to for them to see how things can, can work for other people and to see, you know, so they can realise how how privileged and lucky they are to mm. to not have to worry about running water and mm. electricity and um different things and um so yeah in the future we've certainly got a plan to to go with the kids and and um maybe even drop them at a school somewhere and leave them for a week and see, <laughs> see, see how they see how they fare and then kids can learn how to be happy with very very little yeah and that's one of the best lessons from going mm. over there as well the people are genuinely happy with having Having very little yep. type of things, so or have learnt to be, you know, yeah, and yeah. doing a great job of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, obviously, everybody wants to to grow and have more opportunities and so forth. But yeah, you just see big smiling faces and all sorts of. Uh, you know, there's just such a such a narrative of gratitude, and I'd also say forgiveness. Yeah, the big things they've been through much more than pretty much any of us, yeah, and yet somehow seem to have let it go. It's yeah, such a skill to have <laughs> with no therapy. Still, a, still, a, still a mystery. <laughs> no therapy, no medication. No. If you can crack that one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look. What's uh, what's next for you, mate? We are, you know, we're we're at the, the tail end of all this, so it's back to back to business to some extent. What, what are you doing? Are you taking some time off? What's no, I actually, I actually fly off to Townsville tomorrow to, <laughs> to um, off to work there for some exercise support up in in Townsville. Yep, uh, and then. Um, crack back into work as well. Like once we get back from Townsville, and yeah. I'll be working the office and then keep travelling. 
Excellent. So it'll be uh, a busy yeah. rest of the year. Well, I hope you get a chance to take a bit of a break. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put some time in there for myself. That's, so. what, that's what the, one, of the, one of the narratives of this program, learn how to slow down. Something yeah. most of us veterans do poorly. Mate, before we uh, consider pulling stumps here, anything else you want to throw out there? Anything I missed? No, just um, I just like I said, it's been a wonderful program and putting the two together, having the trip to Timor last year and then having mm. this happen now, it's um, yeah, it's a really I don't know, been such a sort of growing experience type thing and made me a better person. That's for sure. Fantastic, mate. Well, I look forward to uh, potentially a subsequent chat if um, our paths cross again. Absolutely. And thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Good thanks, anyway. thanks, buddy. No worries. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And if you do have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at veteranscare.com.au. And we do, of course, encourage you to share this podcast out to anyone who you feel may benefit from it. Thank you so much, and we look forward to connecting with you on the next podcast. Bye for now.